A message of Christ's love from Mission Bay Community Church. Our scripture this evening is from the prophet Ezekiel. Chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. Listen for God's word. This is Ezekiel speaking. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and God brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. God led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. God said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then God said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then God said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as God commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then God said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The words of the Lord, thanks be to God. Please pray with me. God, speak through us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be open to your breath this evening. Speak through us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this passage is one that comes from a people who are in exile. And I wonder what it means to us to say that something is in exile. I think in the context of this, we're talking about the people of Israel being destroyed and taken out of their homeland and taken by the Babylonians into another land. So that would mean destruction of homes and properties. 
They were literally moved, deported. There was a war. So now the government is different. The religion of the land is different. And they've lost hope. And it got me thinking, who are, are the exiles today? There are, some, there are clearly lots of political refugees in the world. There are expats, perhaps some even here tonight, and you're here, they're there for different reasons. It made me think of LGBTQ people and how we can be exiled from family or community right here in California or right here in America. I wonder if we can name some other places of exile where a relationship is lost. Open question, there's no right or wrong. Exiles? Who are we missing from this little list? Immigrants. immigrants. Speaking of immigrants, Palestinians. Who else? People exiled at work for disagreements. Syrians. Did anyone, here's what I was wondering, did anyone feel a bit exiled after the election in November? Because I felt like all of a sudden I looked around and I wasn't really sure where I was. So I'm seeing some nods. Yeah. I had a bit of a loss of hope and it felt like there was political destruction and perhaps we are actually seeing that happen now. Not perhaps, we're actually seeing that happen now. The people in our text knew what that felt like. I want to read it. It's at the end, but it kind of sets the tone for the passage. They say, talking about the people in exile, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. And I want to spend a minute with that idea because not only were these people in some other distant land, their theology said that everything happens for a reason, which meant that they felt a whole lot responsible for what was going on. And they're in this place, and they thought that God lived in the temple, and now the temple is destroyed, and they're in another place, and they're wondering, is God in this other place with us? Or did God just forsake us? Because we historically have done some pretty dumb things, or bad things. That's the theological context. That's what they're thinking in their hearts, which is like an extra layer of pain. And then we have the rest of our text. We have this vision that God gives to Ezekiel. And he takes him to the valley of dry bones. And I hope no one in this room has seen a valley of dry bones. But I bet we can all imagine it. We can imagine how dry and brittle it is, the sounds, not a lot of life, not life. I bet we can imagine how desolate and awful it would feel to be there. And the people say, this is what we are. This is who we are. We are dry bones. But God says, I see this differently. And God says to Ezekiel, prophesy and tell these bones what I'm about to tell you. And we just heard it, right? 
there's going to be flesh on these bones. There's going to be sinews. And eventually God sends God's breath, otherwise known as the spirit, to come into these bones. I want us to take a minute with that because God is acting. And God is acting with Ezekiel and through Ezekiel. God doesn't say, stand back, I got this. God says, I got this. Listen. Try this. Because there's this interesting relationship, right? It's not Ezekiel acting on Ezekiel's own, and it's not God just saying, I'll just do this without you. There's an interplay between people and God. And in the vision, the people coming together, that's when God comes through. And the, the bones take a new life. And they get up, and they're new. It makes me think back to this time I was a community organizer in Pensacola, Florida. I'm sorry, Tallahassee, Florida. And there was this little bitty church that I was working with. It was Pentecostal. And it was, it was based out of this nonprofit called Mothers in Crisis. And basically, if you were at Mothers in Crisis, it's because you were poor, and you were most likely not white, and you had been addicted to some sort of substance, usually not just, usually some sort of drugs, and you were a mom. And this was like the nonprofit in town that would help you. And their pastor, uh, Rosalind Tompkins, is a beautiful woman, and she had started this program because she had been in need herself. She was addicted and she was a mom and she needed a, a helping hand. So she started a nonprofit and then she started a church on the side. And their motto was, as long as there is breath in my body, there is hope. And I thought that meant a lot coming out of someone's story where she had been in dry, dry valleys, dark valleys. She had seen hell. But yet, their motto, as long as there is breath in my body, there is hope. The passage right before this, Ezekiel 36, God says to the people, a new heart I will give you. I'm sorry, later, 36. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and make you follow my statutes. Then you shall live in the land that I gave to your ancestors, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. This new heart, this new spirit is from God. It's not something that the people can give to each other. It's from God's grace. What I love about this passage is that God is sincere and says, yeah, I see you there. Let's do a new thing. Here is my breath. And Ezekiel says yes. And together, if you know the rest of the story, they go and they do a new thing together. Because I think hope is like that. It's like this woman, Pastor Tompkins. She has hope. Not that everything's going to be hunky-dory, but that eventually we're going to get to a better place. 
She believes in a God who has power to work through these terrible situations. And I'd like to think that we have that kind of trust in God ourselves. Trust in a God that can work through all of us in San Francisco and around the world to take on real problems. And I wasn't so sure, so I thought I believed in that until I was working on this sermon and I found an unlikely example. Did you know that the Pope is very concerned about climate change? I guess I had known that. But it hit me yesterday that Ezekiel and the Pope have quite a bit in common. Because the Pope is in charge of 1.2 billion Christians. And he's hearing God's call to say, we need to do something about this. And we can. I like this particular quote from him. There's bunches of them. In fact, there's tons of websites. You can see his great things that he says on climate change. He says, a second, a key area where you're called to make a contribution is in showing concern for the environment. This is not only because this country, more than many others, is likely to be seriously affected by climate change, you are called to care for creation not only as responsible citizens, but also as followers of Christ. He took climate change, which is one of those very scary dry bones ideas, concepts, and he's calling the people of God to listen to the spirits, to work together, and to breathe new life. I wonder, there have been times in your life when you have felt like God is bringing, breathing hope into you. I wonder if you might share that thought with your neighbors around you. And if you haven't felt God breathing new life into you. Perhaps you can sit for a moment and listen to other people around you and see what stirs. So let's just take a minute and talk with each other about God, the God who stirs in us. When is a moment when you have felt that God is breathing new life into you?
All right, there's lots of good conversation out there. Just want to invite you back. Is there anything that someone feels like they'd like to share? A conversation or something for the good of all that came out of your, your mini conversation? The question is, is there anything you want to share from your conversation? Is God working? Do you, is God working in your lives? Are you feeling the spirit? Anybody? Maybe? Question of what is trust, what is hope? Did you come up with a, a with a definition or? Fair question. Is that the trumpet that it's time to move on? <laughs> let's take it as such. Well, let's continue this conversation. I think you're asking good questions, and it's not something we're going to answer tonight, right? But it's an ongoing conversation, totally worthy to have. Well, let's take a moment to give thanks for the, the trumpet player and, and for this time together. God, we give you thanks for the chance to hear your spirit talk to us in the words of each other, in the trumpet player outside, in the music, and in so many ways, God, we ask you to speak to our hearts. We thank you for speaking to our hearts. Help us to respond and help us to grow and to learn with you and with each other. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. Amen. For more information about our church and opportunity to give to our ministry, visit our website, missionbaycc.org.